We are live, and I'm back in my like studio, so to speak. So that's exciting. Things are progressing. We are back talking about movie news because we have a lot of movie news and a lot of trailers. Sean, are you excited? I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. You think? Great. Okay. Caveat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, let's get started. Let's do it. Everyone is part of the family at this point. It is my fan fiction idea that I had. So this movie was garbage. You are a monster beyond all belief. Put them all in the thing and let them do the thing. You know what I mean? How? You're lucky to have me back. (laughs) (laughs) You're never going to get 60 million people because you're not a Super Bowl. Shut up. So chaotic. Welcome to the Guide to Movies podcast. I am Joe. He is Sean. This is episode 119. How the hell did we get here, Sean? Oh, boy, I will never, ever be able to understand it. As I look past those clips and everything, I'm like, yeah, how did the hell did we get here? It's funny because we watch that each week, and I'm always like, they're getting older and older. Like, there's so many clips that we could pull from, like, the past month or two. It's crazy. We have to think of, like, a way, like, um, what like, maybe it's just every 50 episodes will be, like, a new season. And so we just <laughs> yeah. put uh, a new uh, new opening in there. Or we could do The Office, where like if it was going to be a longer episode, they would do like a really shortened uh, opening. Oh. <laughs> we never know how long we're going to talk though until the end of it, though. So, dude, the weeks that we're like, oh, small outline, this is going to be a short pod, an hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> we don't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> well, let's dive right into it because we do have trailers uh, that we need to talk about, uh, and the first one is the Megan trailer. Uh, produced by James Wan. It's from Blumhouse. Um, this looks so weird, and I'm so into it. What did you think of this? I mean, I want, like, I'm like I'm I'm into it. I'm interested, but it is just like oh, creepy doll premise. It's like we <laughs> we've been there. I think I think Blumhouse has been there with Annabelle. I know it's upping the game with it being a cyborg. And when the cyborg started spider walking, I was like, okay, so they're doing a few. They're they're doing a bunch <laughs> of stuff together. So. I get it. Um, you know, you enjoy the creepy conversation. They try to turn the or no, the creepy uh, moment where uh, it's like, you know, I thought we were having a conversation. Oh. They try to turn it off. That that stuff's good. It's like okay, I I'm in on that. I I'm worried about how unbelievably derivative this is, but I'm still a game. I'm still absolutely game. I mean, it's a January release as well. So just like let let's go, baby. <laughs> let's and, go. You know, and you know what? I love that. I love <laughs> that it's a January release. Uh, because you, who knows what the hell you're getting, but you know you're getting something unhinged. I, I will say the one thing that does drive me nuts, and Blumhouse does do this all the time, but they didn't do the thing they usually do. When it's a Blumhouse movie, they always say, like, from the producers of Get Out. And it's just like, okay. It's true. Chill. Instead, they went with Black Phone. Black which Phone. <laughs> a little cheap. <laughs> still cheap. Not as bad as uh, when they, like, say, like, you know, for the people that brought you Get Out. It's like, okay, Really? Well, the dancing scene with Megan uh, has taken over the internet, oh uh, it, which is just really wild. And uh, it's really fascinating to see that Blumhouse is using that clip and putting different music to it. Mm-hmm. And they just released a weird one tonight that I thought we could uh, oh we could watch. God. Sound. <laughs> is there sound? I don't know sound. <laughs> oh, come on. Why are you doing this to me? Always. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, we'll get back to it. I'll yeah. upload, I'll upload it to here and then we'll uh let me let me do that real quick while we're chatting. Well, yeah, I'll just mention I'm just happy to see uh, Allison Williams get work cuz I yeah. feel like she had completely disappeared for whatever reason it could have been. I don't know, maybe a genuinely good reason or a terrible reason, who knows, but uh you know, she was just like a part of like the iconic um iconic get out and now oh, she's back to Blumhouse again and it's just, you know, I I would have loved to just keep on seeing her and things, but I feel like she just, I just, I, I literally wondered the other day, which is ironic. I haven't seen this trailer. I was like, where is she? Like, I think <laughs> I was like girls was mentioned or something. And I was like, where is Barney? Like, oh yeah. She, it looks like she was in a series of unfortunate events back in 2018 to 2019. Huh. The series um, on Netflix. Yeah. But since then it was just horizon line, which is a movie that I've never heard of before. Horizon line is the same thing. That's that's a redundancy. Yeah. <laughs> I already hate that movie. I don't know nothing about that movie, and I hate that movie for the title. That really just pissed me off. <laughs> uh, well, uh, speaking of being pissed off, did you oh, watch the A Christmas Story Christmas? Yeah, teaser? let's talk about that lovely one. I think that th- this movie, 
I will say it's going to be one of the uh, worst uh, movies of all time without having <laughs> to see, without seeing anything in the trailer. Cause this teaser tells me that all they're doing is they're like, they're just kept on like pumping in the nostalgia of the old lines. Yeah. And so all they're going to try to care about is like, Oh, we're just going to milk the old line nostalgia, which whenever a gigantic sequel does that, whether it's a sequel, sequel or a legacy sequel, which I guess this is, it's, this just looks like it's just going to be absolutely terrible without seeing anything except for an old Bill- Peter Billingsley smile, which I'll never get out of my head. Um, that was terrifying. I think I texted you right away. <laughs> like what? What? I, I, you know, he might not have this, but I kind of just smelt bad breath when I saw oh, him. Oh God! It, no, it was, I, I, I'm very disturbed by it. And like maybe his breath is minty fresh. I don't know, but like just seeing that, I, maybe it's just because he's old. I think if you zoom into an old mouth, you're, you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a i'm getting weird things from this but i i will say they are they're relying solely on nostalgia which of course in a trailer to a classic film you bring in the nostalgia you have some fun with it but when you are just like coasting on only that this is going to be a really tough one i mean if we all want to take a look at the uh sequel to a christmas story it's not really a sequel but uh um what was that one called like a christmas nintendo with um steve's uh steve zong that oh, was yeah. oh 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 last year yeah, that was something where it's like, watch that. It's not exactly a sequel to A Christmas Story, but it's the same sort of like, you know, plot lines through it. And it's way more lovely. Like, the, let's just ignore that this other one's happening. Yeah, that's really crazy. Um, I I mean, it doesn't tell you anything about the story, which, you know, they're hiding shit. Um, what, what, is the, what is the title that's not clever? A, a Christmas, Christmas Story? Story Christmas. Oh, my God in heaven. I'd yeah. rather watch the original 14 times in a row on TNT. Oh, so. Good news, Christmas Eve <laughs> is coming quick. <laughs> Who's going to tell them? <laughs> um, let's switch gears to Enola Holmes 2. This is uh, the sequel to what actually ended up being pretty much a hit for Netflix mm-hmm. with uh, starring Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill. Um, and, um, oh my gosh, completely slipping my mind, Helena Bonham Carter. Um, I really like this trailer. I actually like. I think it's smart what they're doing. They're bringing them together, Henry Cavill and Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, I I, I feel like I'm going crazy because I thought there was another trailer that like showed them together a lot more than this one. But there was a teaser, I think. Yeah, maybe that's what I was looking at. Um, this one kind of plays up the humor and yeah. everything. I what I like is just exactly what you said because that was one of my like critiques with it i mean i loved the enola holmes character and i thought millie bobby brown was insanely charming extremely well made like she just really like knew how to like really hold the screen together like because she's literally talking to the screen um but my my criticism was that i wanted more henry cavill as sherlock because i mean granted it's not his story but still i really liked him in it and i fact the fact that they're going to be working together like they knew like oh yeah a lot of people i think liked henry cavill as sherlock yeah um I will say this is doing what every sequel does, and it's not always a bad thing, but it's definitely expanding the scope of the story. Like, it seems like she's about to, like, you know, change the world and lead a woman's march, which, fine, <laughs> I'm in. But <laughs> it is something where I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay, like, you're, you're going to do a lot more in this one. They're going to do a lot more in this one, and that can be fine. A lot of sequels do a lot more. Alien, aliens. There we go. And it works great. So I, I'm I'm on board for um, Enola's, but um, I I really want uh, yeah I, I just I hope they don't bite off more than they can chew. Yeah, I'm still gonna see this one because you know the first one was like just this really lovely little romp. I remember yeah. like I just like grin I was grinning like a goofball the whole time. I was like yeah. what a lovely film. It was just fun and like yeah. that's uh, whoever cut the trailer together I think was able to kind of tap into that um, that feeling again. Because uh, Millie Bobby Brown, what did she say at one point? Instead of like the game is afoot, she said like funny. the game oh. is on the feet or something. Like, game- something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Just like was straining to be wrong. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm still okay with it. It was yeah. still brilliant. So that will be fun. That's actually uh, that's not, not too far away. So uh, and then Spirited. This is the new Christmas musical with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell and Octavia Spencer uh, going to Apple TV Plus. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's pretty much like an updated Christmas, t- uh, uh, Jesus Christ, an updated, uh, um, why Christmas is this? Slip- yes. Thank you. A Christmas Carol. <laughs> Cause we're talking about Christmas story for way it's, too long. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, it had some funny moments in there. I mean, the, like the whole Will Ferrell thing where he's going behind the door and he's like, 
<laughs> like it's just his humor but i don't know what to expect from this yeah I, I i won't lie i mean hey we we all could we all should respect apple tv plus because they won the oscar for best picture last year but with the exception of those kind of movies like the movies that they make themselves out never they are throwing like just celebrities against the wall to see if they stick and i think that's the every streamer's uh new uh plan and Sometimes it could work. I mean, this is Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. They they put they have put smiles on our faces. Um, I, I I don't know exactly what their chemistry is all about in this. I also don't know what the hell this movie is. Is it just a modern day Christmas Carol, or is there like is it like just that he's just chilling with one of the ghosts from a Christmas Carol? I it, they weren't terribly clear. They kind of like dropped these hints, and then I don't know what was the rest of it. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, yeah, it. It seems they they dive into uh, sort of the nostalgia of a Christmas Carol throughout the trailer. So yeah. if they didn't want to build it up to be that, they uh, <laughs> they failed. I mean, these two would like just like their faces alone, and they yeah. would just sit down there for ninety minutes, and they make you laugh. Yeah. So it, it you hope they're not wasted. Um, I I hope they're they might have been having to get wasted to get through this. I was gonna um, say we might have to get yeah. wasted to watch it. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i'm I, I will definitely check this out i'm yeah. i'm curious to check this out and i yeah. that's because i watch everything but also i'm curious to check this out sean before we move into what we've been watching breaking news this is from the hollywood reporter which usually doesn't happen with this type of uh this type of news <laughs> but this is all about dc's future plans the Flash 2 script is already written. Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill is seeking writers. Wonder Woman 3 is working, they're working on the script. At least one new James Gunn movie is in the works. And the Batman Rogues Gallery spin-off film. So like villains and stuff getting their own films. Didn't they have nothing yesterday? <laughs> or is that Star Wars I'm thinking of? <laughs> Star Wars 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I, I'm like when you just said Henry Cavill and Man of Steel too, I didn't know he was still Superman. Honestly, like <laughs> I just didn't know he still had a deal with him. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I know I've, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I'll find not... <laughs> you'll find out tomorrow. I'll find out on Thursday. <laughs> God, um, it's as bad as the three Spider Men. <laughs> they have a full story here. Um, it's an ex- exclusive. DC at a turning point. James Gunn pitches secret movie. Dwayne Johnson flexes his Superman power. Um, they can ex- THR can exclusively report that James Gunn, the filmmaker behind Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy movies, as well as DC's The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, is angling for his own new DC project or two. Dwayne Johnson is publicly touting his vision for a future Black Adam versus Superman movie, because Batman versus Superman went over well, with his words, stoking mm-hmm. fan desires to see Henry Cavill return. Mm-hmm. Matt Reeves is expanding the world of Batman, the Batman. He's meeting with writers and directors to build out movies focused on the Batman rogues gallery with characters ranging from the Scarecrow to Clayface to Professor Pig. Warner Brothers leadership has an intense desire for Henry Cavill to lead a new Superman movie. The project that would essentially be Man of Steel 2 is currently in search of writers. A scriptment for Wonder Woman 3 by Patty Jenkins is expected imminently and a script for a Flash sequel is already written by Aquaman scribe David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. And finally, right now, it's the wild, wild west. That's <laughs> one insider. Everyone is trying to grab as much as they can. And this is exactly what happens in a leadership vacuum. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's, that really ended in a weird place. I was like, like, oh, this they're is doing all this great stuff. Everything is happening. That's what happens when there's no leadership. It's like, oh, dude. <laughs> That's not the tone you were going for on that one. <laughs> I like that The Rock has pretty much like stepped in and been like, here's what we're doing. <laughs> He's like a Feige fi- without any managerial experience. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, and, and, and yet there can't be one freaking director to direct a Blade movie. Piss oh my me God. Off. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of great. Wow, everyone is reporting this now. This is like, I mean, I, this, is, this is brilliant on their part because Black Adam's coming out and they're truly not sure if this is going to succeed at yeah. all. Like, this is, I truly don't know what's going to happen with the box office of Black Adam. I mean, on one hand, we are just starved for new content. There hasn't been a new movie in theaters, like, just forever. And, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, the only thing that's going up against is Clooney and Roberts. So there's not much of a Venn diagram of those two uh, types of movie fans. Um, and, I mean, so, so I'm, I'm assuming Black Adam's going to do well. But the, the interest in Black Adam, I, the, people may want to just stay home. I don't know. 
Oh, I think I think the touting of a potential Henry mm-hmm. Cavill return was intentional okay, because yes. it, it gets more people in in there. Um, and I mean, the, I won't even, I won't say that the reviews have been mixed so far. The first reactions, but they have like pretty much they're saying the Rock is incredible. Yeah, that he's very good in the role. Um, that the story is kind of wonky in a lot of ways, and the villains underwhelming. But that there's a lot of like fan service and stuff. Starts rough. Visual effects are good. I've heard, you know, like this. So there's, it's, I think it's like mixed positive, which yeah, that, that's fine hey. to get people in. DC's like, yes. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like, no, around like 70, hundred percent. hundred percent. Someone just shared this. Um, so DC might be becoming cool again. Marvel already has been one day. Star Wars one day. Oh, <laughs> Star Wars can't get its shit together. Star Wars just like doing so great and then like like i don't know that sequel trilogy just broke it <laughs> <laughs> it broke the will of the fans they were just this. like everyone would just got sad <laughs> uh, uh well that uh here's another real quick thing of note you can thank dwayne johnson for getting henry cavill back as soups he was instrumental in the decision and now with cavill back things are heating up gun johnson and reeves lining up dc's future and it looks bright oh that makes me happy look at this that makes me happy. Oh, DC, pull it together. Pull what happens together. when Flash goes to jail for twenty five years? That's what I'm wondering. What the Flash two is about? Like, <laughs> I was gonna say when they said Flash two, I was like, look at the casting. Oh man, what is going on? Let's dive into what we've been watching, and um, we have to start with the big new release last week on Peacock and in theaters. Halloween ends, uh, or as this guy in the theater said at the very end of it. He's still alive. (laughs) Um, He's going to get through it. (laughs) He's going to get through it. It'll be fine. Um, What a letdown, in my opinion, here. Like, it just, the whole movie focused on, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to get this idea that, like, you know, the the evil of Michael Myers can be in someone else. Is, you know, learned, essentially, that it's circumstances that create this evil and blah, 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 blah. And they did it through this character that was, I think, I I really liked him in the role. I just didn't like the character. I didn't like that they were spending 75% of the movie on that. And he was played by Rowan Campbell. Um, His character was Corey in the movies. uh, In the movie. Um, What does Corey rhyme with? Story. Lori. Oh, God. Um, Did you just come up with that one? No, I heard that just. <laughs> I it wasn't me at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, like at, at the very end, we get, and this is a spoiler, but you get like 20 minutes of uh Michael and Laurie, and it's all in the kitchen. It's and like she uh, there's some cool moments in there, but it was just it felt underwhelming the whole movie. Yeah. And I I still will go back to the fact that when they said they were doing three movies, they didn't have a fucking plan. Um, speaking of Star Wars. Uh, and that's that's what's really frustrating to me is that it kind of I'm happy that it's over and I want them to yeah. take a break. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> it's, it's one of these things where, uh, yeah, the past two movies I did not like because they both had the same exact problem where I could see where they were going. I could see where there was a potential what they were trying to say. But the way they said it, the way they tried to express it just did not work. The messaging just did not work when you are concluding a trilogy you don't bring a new character in that is trying to subvert the entire thing and then like dispatch of him halfway through immediately where it's just like, you know, we're bringing this new guy. We're turning everything in a different direction. Nope. Like we're not. Like, and you said halfway through, that was a good 75% of the way through the movie yeah, that that true, happened yeah. because like then it switches over to Laurie and you're like, Oh cool. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. I will say though, like uh, when it comes down to it, someone posted this online that was very interesting where they did the screen time of Michael Myers in the 1978 Halloween and, and the Michael Myers in uh, this most recent Halloween. And he was like on screen for like 12 seconds more in uh, the Halloween ends. So there wasn't much of a difference. I would say the problem was that, you know, Myers was still a lurking like uh, character. He was still like in the darkness and everything like that. It was like kind of Anthony Hopkins in the Silence of the Lambs. He's the, he's the lead actor, even though he only has 20 minutes of screen time, because he is the main character. You see him through, or you, like, you feel him throughout. I feel like that's the same thing with Michael Myers. With this, we were distracted by some kid most of the time. And, I, yeah, that just didn't really work at all. I, I, I You know, and I wanted it to. I saw, like, like you said, you saw where it was going. I was like, okay, they're doing that. 
it's not really like good. <laughs> it's just not good. I feel like um, they should have introduced that earlier on in the series if that exactly, was where they were going to go. Exactly. Yeah, they seem like they were just like canvassing something else in to just kind of make it feel a little bit better. But I mean, I, I, yeah, at this point, I, I was sitting there. I wasn't scared one bit. And granted, no. I also like watched it in my living room. And I'm not scared as much in my living room as I am in a theater because obviously theater dark, like the jump scares hit more. And I noticed there were jump scares here. Didn't notice anything. Didn't feel anything. So it's more of a challenge to scare me in my living room. And you didn't even come close. And I don't think I actually would have been scared in the theater either. I don't think I had any moments where I like jumped or was scared now that you well, say that. The jump scares weren't even good jump scares. They were uh, quick edits of sound into a yeah. different scene that was loud. And I'm like, that's not even like good jump scares, man. That's, yeah, I don't know. I do. I will say that at the beginning, when the whole thing was happening with Corey as the babysitter and all that, I was like, "What are they doing? This is stupid." Whatever. And then when the thing happens, that mm-hmm. you know, I was like, "Holy shit! All right, we came to play." And then we didn't. I was like, "Yeah, they're going to do something interesting with this." And they they still tried to. And you know, then all of a sudden, it was just like they had they brought the Stephen King bullies in, and uh, you know, just <laughs> just not nothing in the book worked. And then, okay, what is this deal with the entire town now? Blaming Jamie Lee Curtis for uh, for Mike Myers? <laughs> it just flipped from the last it's movie, like, like over dude. the past four years. It's insane. It's, like, it's insane. It feels like when the Avengers were blamed for what happened in New York, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> cool. They should have just sat back then. You'd all be slaves to aliens. Oh, whoa, the building was the building's gone down. Something like, like no, no, <laughs> they were protecting you, jerks. Did you see some of the Easter eggs um, that were in this movie, though, like in callbacks to other stuff? I I know that like the credits were the same as the third uh-huh. Halloween season of The Witch. I, I, I saw that one online. Um, I didn't see much else, though, I don't think. So when they're doing like this little montage of like people that have died and stuff, um, mm. you know, the how Michael Myers fever like gripped whatever, there's a mother who is hanging from a tree or something or like next to her house. And she's in the same outfit that I believe it was her son in the last movie was in when he was, when he was killed. Oh, Jesus. It's a really, I'm trying to find it real quick to make sure I didn't make that up, but, (laughs) but it's horrifying. Yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. I'm trying to see real quick while we're, while we're talking. Yeah. I, whatever. I gave it a two out of five. (laughs) Yeah, it, it was it was a D for me. I mean, like I because it it you know David Gordon Green's a great director. It looked beautiful. The whole thing looked really beautiful. Um, and like I was just like, make a horror movie. Don't make the script for one, my man. Like this is just yeah. like you know, yeah. you chill, chill with the writing. You're not you're not uh, you're not really uh, foreboding it too well. And uh, but you know, I don't know. I, I will say, you know, I forget who we had on the pod where uh, we he had the argument where he liked Halloween Kills. And he's like, because it was for the kills, and the kills are great. And I was like, I actually agree with you there. The kills in Halloween Kills are yeah. awesome. The kills in this sucked. Even the uh, disc jockey, I thought that was a pretty rant. I, I thought that was just a little bit too cartoony, uh, which is weird to say because yeah. of how grotesque it was. But it just felt, I was like, eh, this, is, this is feeling flat to me. Well, how about when he blowtorches the mouth of the one kid? Oh, that was pretty cool. But then, like, it was just, like, sort of... <laughs> that was actually pretty cool. But it was, like, <laughs> was like such ah. an angle that, like, you barely, like, felt it or saw it. It was, like... Yeah, very, the camera, like, went was, over it. It was almost off camera. And I'm like, not that I want to see the details of that. But also, like, if you're gonna hit someone with that, hit them with it hard. Like, come on, baby. Um, and what happened with the Kyle Richards erasure in here? She's one of the last surviving. She's bartending parties and shit. I don't get it. I don't get it. This movie was so. She's weird. there to keep the conflict between murder victims and murderers, and <laughs> just just keeping the peace at the, at the bar. I said oh, this boy. in a, my first reaction, but when people are laughing a lot during a horror mm-hmm. movie, you know you've done something wrong, and that's yeah. what happened in the theater with this. See, I wish at the oh. very least I was laughing. I don't think I even laughed that much, except when I saw Will Patton because I thought he was wearing the Michael Myers mask. And oh no, that's just his <laughs> Botox. I love you, Will Patton, but what'd you do? <laughs> What did you do? Uh, Let's switch gears. We got the finale to She-Hulk last week. Uh, This was quite the interesting finale, breaking the fourth wall. And there's a few scenes. First of all, Tatiana Maslany is phenomenal in this, too. Just great casting so well. Oh, God. 
the whole scene with Kevin where she's like, you know, uh, the, talking about the daddy issues. <laughs> she's like, you know, Iron Man, daddy issues. <laughs> Thor, daddy issues. Loki, same daddy, same issues. <laughs> but then she goes, and when are we getting the X-Men? And <laughs> thumbs up to the, the, uh, the camera. I, oh God. It's like, I think, I, I don't know how to say this, like, as delicately as I can. Um, people need to relax. Um, yeah. The show was stupid. It was supposed to be stupid. It was supposed to be silly. It was supposed to be that. And that's what made it fun. That's where the magic was. And I think people were like, I don't know, just like, you know, but Daredevil's in it. It should be dark. I'm like, no, you're, we're watching a comedy. We're watching a straight up Deadpool-like comedy that is just like doing the goofiest, dumbest meta stuff that even I agree, like, stepped over the line, especially now that, you know, I, I feel really bad for the uh, Disney Plus people because they now can never change their menu. Uh, I know. <laughs> but I, um, I, I, I had so much fun, even though, like, and it is true, like, it's dumb, it's very dumb. But, like, when you really do just accept that level of it and then just like enjoy it and laugh, I, oh, that's great. I am looking up all these two quotes that I love from it. I will answer your questions, but you must first transform back to Jennifer. Why? You are very expensive, but wait until the camera is off you. The visual effects team has moved on to another project. I won't lie. Them making those jokes with the visual effects team after, like, the bullshit that was going oh, on know. with that, it's like they, they were playing with some fire there. <laughs> the other one, and this is the quote of the episode for me. That's what Hulk's do. We smash things. Bruce, Bruce smashes buildings. I smash fourth walls and bad endings. And sometimes Matt Murdock. <laughs> <laughs> Was this the horniest Marvel series slash movie? Yeah, and I love it. I think keep so. it up. Yeah, I think this is like right on. Like finally, like it's just you know the and we didn't we didn't talk about you know the episode before where Daredevil's doing the walk of shame. Oh my god, that episode was the best episode of the series for me, and not just and you know not just because Daredevil was in it, he was fantastic, but the banter and the writing between like for them back and forth and just the development was just phenomenal. It was so damn funny. Like the show, and I—I I remember you weren't digging the show in the beginning, and I yeah. totally understood. It's definitely a show that like took a while to get its sea legs. Um, but I remember saying to myself, "All right, I'll probably give it like a C because I'm like kind of halfway over and stuff like that." But it just kind of kept on getting better, and I was like, "All right, I'm going with the B on this because it—it is still dumb enough to bother me at times, but you—you yeah. you really do have to let it like smooth over you and just." I mean, like, just start. La I mean, Madison is like the like a character in the Marvel memes now, and it's just Madison wonderful. with a Y, but not where you think. <laughs> and it is where we think. <laughs> um, the only thing, not the only thing, but one of the things that really did bother me. Two things. One is um, the Titania storyline. There was oh, just yeah. no ending there. Um, she like bursts in at the at one point during this retreat or whatever. And then the other piece is um, the Hulk introducing Scar as his yeah. son, which is uh, the, just red meat for everyone that believes there's going to be a Planet Hulk or World War Hulk movie. And there is time that like he's unaccounted for between Age of Ultron and Thor Ragnarok. So that would be cool to explore. Um, but it just felt like so many of the seeds that were laid were not, uh, they didn't come to fruition. Yeah. No, I, I don't, maybe that's okay. Well, and I think that's the, the problem is that's what it was. And this is a cop-out explanation without a doubt, but that's what this series was supposed to be. Tatiana was supposed to be just the heel for one or two episodes. And that was it. Um, yeah. with Tatiana? No, not Tatiana. Titania. <laughs> uh, Titania was supposed to be the heel for just one or two episodes. And, you know, yeah, the Scar thing is still is throwing me where it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I have a son. And then that's it. Um, I mean, I enjoyed the fact that, like, when she was talking to Kevin, it's like, you know, yes, but uh, the Hulk has to come back to reveal that. No, like, leave that for, and it's just, but <laughs> then he does movie. reveal it. <laughs> yeah. Leave that for the movie. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, it, it It's funny because I, I think there was an interview. I don't know if it was a real interview, but they uh, asked Tatiana Maslany about like the um, uh, chances of a second season. And she said, yeah, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> um, but I, I think what they did is they introduced her now and they'll be able to use her in things like She-Hulk or, I mean, in a Daredevil um, or like future movies. I, I could totally see her in there. <laughs> I, I see this thing. I can't see her in anything else. 
like because this is just such like this like brightly lit goofy ass like show that like just is just like has a different look than any of the other shows and just a different style where I don't I can't even see like her character like playing it serious at all in some other like giant battle where she gets together with everybody else but maybe yeah. they'll be able to pull it off <laughs> I don't know that's a good point <laughs> well let's talk about so another weird. yeah it is Let's talk about another Marvel project. Um, mm-hmm. We we didn't have a pod, a live pod, uh, since this came out, but this was Werewolf by Night, um, and this was a pleasant ass surprise to me. Um, it was a fifty-five minute special presentation, um, Sterling, uh, Sterling, starring Gail Garcia, Laura Donnelly, uh, and uh, Harriet Sansom uh, Harris. Um, this was just really incredible to me. I, I just thought that it, it moved. It was intriguing. It was black and white. It paid homage to the, you know, old school movies, uh, horror movies with like, you know, for instance, you don't see the transformation into the werewolf, but you see the <laughs> shadow and you hear the screaming. Like that's all old school. Um, the relationship between him and man thing was really cool. The fact that man thing was 90% practical effects is really cool. That uh, and this was, me. I thought that was yeah. all CGI almost. And this is Michael uh, Giac- oh, I'm gonna get the name wrong. Giacchino or Giacchino, yeah. um, who uh, is known more f- less for his directing and more for his camera work. Um, and, or I'm sorry, his uh, he's a composer, isn't he? Composer, Score, yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus, I'm like making shit up as I'm talking. Um, but <laughs> we see this guy's career. <laughs> but, yeah, but I really liked him. There's uh, it was funny because there was a tweet earlier that said, "Why isn't why not have him direct Blade?" Um, which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But he said something about timing. Like, don't even think about yeah. it. What did you think of Werewolf by Night? Oh, God, I love this. I mean, I love this yeah. because I'm such an unbelievable fan of like the 30s Universal monster movies that were all like 70 minutes long. And uh, just all of them were bo- either Boris Karloff or um, Bela Lugosi. And um, th- there's just so many available on the Criterion channel every October. And I, just, I-, I think I've almost watched them all at this point. And uh, What's great is they don't not only did they not show the transformation, but he wasn't like a full blown wolf or anything like that. He was literally a wolf man, just like the yeah. Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, transformation, which was unbelievable to see. Like just like oh yeah, that was a practical suit. There's still no CGI. I mean, like I'm sure there's like light enhancements here yeah. and there, um, but this just like kept so true to what those kind of movies are, including the literal cigarette burns at the corner, which like- You were thrilled about that. Oh man, (laughs) there was one point where I stopped watching the movie and I was just watching for those cigarette burns. I was so excited. (laughs) I was like, there's another one. But so there's um, rumors that oh sorry go ahead sorry but it was just a like it was just a beautiful monster I mean he's going for the Karloff makeup the whole time Gail Gail Garcia Bernal which like I just want to see him in more things I always forgot how amazing he was Um, but he has that like and he has that mystery wryness to him and it's a very simple premise where it's like you know oh wait they're they're all going monster hunting and he turns out to be a monster to try to get the other monster out it's like oh this is just it's easy just a one two three kind of deal. But it gets complex, it gets fun, it gets great with like, you know, uh, she's involved in the uh, birth of the stone, the, the family stone and stuff like that. And, oh, God, I loved it. Yeah, and apparently this is the direction that Marvel is going to go with some uh, some things in, in lieu of series. So the big rumor now is that they're developing Nova for the Nova Corps um, as a oh. uh, special presentation. And I'm actually all for this because there's been a couple series where we said they would work better as movies. Um or, you know, long specials. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about this. I think it, that's the right decision. Uh, and maybe we'll take some pressure off of, you know, having to watch yeah. 84 series a year. As long as it doesn't, it, like, as long as it's what they want, like, they there's now a little bit more freedom to not be forced into doing something they don't want to do. Meaning, like, you know, hey, this could be a special, but they're saying, no, we want a series. I'm like, okay, so we have to draw this out and it ends up shitty. Um, or the other way around, where it's like, we feel like uh, we have a series for this stuff. No, we want a special. They can slam it in. Like, let this give, like, the fact that there's now this other opportunity means yeah. that now we can see them do whatever they'd like to do. And I, she I like would have been a. She-Hulk could have been a cool special. She-Hulk would have been a very interesting special, but that, that was meant to be, like, the, the, it's categorized as episodes. Like, it would have been a weird special where, like, just just certain <laughs> events just occurred and then the next one went and then the next one went. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, 
I'm very impressed with it. Put it that way, Werewolf by Night. And yeah. I, I hope that they okay, continue yeah. to give us more of that because apparently like Kevin Feige wasn't even on board with the black and white presentation until like <laughs> near the end of filming. Uh, and I think that made that, that gave it an extra oomph. Well, because I, like, I keep on like going about with this thing. This was literally at, at 55 minutes. This was pretty much literally a 1930s universal monster movie. Yeah. And so because it was that, like if this was a series, it would have been shit. And they could have made this a series. They could have had them like go off into the uh, sunset and go and him and Ted go on adventures and stuff like that. But they got everything they needed to get into right in this like 50 minutes. So it works for, for the style, for the story, for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. Um, there, uh, there's a uh, article here. She Hulk director wanted to make a sex positive show that kids could also watch. And the the subline or uh, the subheadline is She Hulk smashes. <laughs> the kids could also watch. I don't know. Oh my man. god, that's a tough one. What's with us in this like sex positivity chat? The talk the past week. <laughs> that is with true. That... Oh Always. man. Always. Why not? Why not? All right, what have you been watching? Uh, so I have been watching, um, it's pretty much just been TV for this guy. Um, and uh, one of those was I finally finished, or, you know, and so did Amazon, uh, Rings of Power. Um, and this one did not falter for me. I truly did love this one. And most of my commenters did not. <laughs> they were not fans. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I look at this one and, I think some people had issues with the fact that it like played fast and loose with the Tolkien uh, Tolkien legacy, um, but then that led to them saying, "Well, the story was terrible, and like you know, and there was inconsistencies throughout." I could say there were nitpicks, but nothing that could really like ruin what each portion of this story was. And this was like more of a Game of Thrones in this case because there were several different stories that interlocked. And you know, right now the House of the Dragon is just this one family story. I'm cool with that, by the way. But like the the many different stuff, and you see the prequel, Mount Doom just erupted. Mordor is happening finally, like that. Sauron shows up, and it's like it's doing the prequel hits without it being yeah. like inundated with prequel stuff, like you know, uh, Phantom Menace being like R two D two, like you know, like they they instead have something where it's like there's its own story, it's its own thing, and the rings are starting to get created. It's a beautiful fantasy show. I really did enjoy this a lot. I want people to kind of, you know, this was one of this was going to be my rant, but I decided not to go with it. But you know, because people were like messaging me very upset, and I'm like, buddy, you're allowed to hate it, man. <laughs> like, it's cool. Yeah, right. Like, it's I, okay. I liked it. Like it's they're, they're different. <laughs> but um, he was just like, I'm glad you're not an English teacher. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm not either. Show videos all day. So <laughs> I um I. For this one, I really, um, yeah, I really did. I, I really did love it. I thought it emotionally impacted me. I like, I, 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 I connected to the characters. Um, it's something that I hope a lot more people give a chance to. Because trust me, I was rooting for the show to fail, rudely, of course, because I was just like, Amazon's paid a billion dollars. I hope Bezos goes bankrupt, which he's not. He has way more money than any of us could ever even think about. But I. I, I I loved it. I ended up loving it. I couldn't root against it. So definitely give this one a shot. I, I hope more people do. I think, I mean, it's pretty damn popular right now, but yeah. I still want to watch it. I mean, I haven't, yeah. I specifically kept it so I could watch them all together. Um, so maybe I should start doing that now. Yeah. It's only eight too, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's not a 10 episode, which is nice. Makes it That's an good. easy binge. All right. The other one I watched was another series that I literally just finished a couple of seconds ago. Um, and that is <laughs> bad sisters on Apple TV plus. Bad um, sisters. <laughs> that's the theme. Um, <laughs> I um, I really, really, really love this. It was a it's a British show um, on Apple TV. I don't know if it started on BBC. That's usually how these work with the streamers. Um, but it's about um, you know one woman's uh, husband is a complete bastard, an absolute asshole. He is also the guy in uh, The Northman who uh, steals the cold kid. Oh. Um, yeah. And he has a nice haircut and a shaved face, which is like, you, you don't, you would not recognize him at all. I only recognize the name, um, uh, Klaus Bang. And he's, he's amazing, but he's a horrible person, like genuinely, truly horrible person. And so um, the rest of this woman's sisters want to try to kill this guy. Um, and like, they're trying to plot the different ways they could kill him. It's a dark comedy where it's both hysterical 
And there's the weight of all of the seriousness and the drama that's taking place within this. And so you're not just getting a goofy, loopy comedy, but you, but but there are some hysterical moments. And but you are like getting these emotional fires in uh, like throughout. Um, I I was sort of blown away. This came out weekly, and it was one. Of the I have few never heard of like, this. It's this is the problem. Is like yeah, no one really heard of this one, and um like but. Like anytime someone said something about it, they said this is like one of my favorite shows. Like, and it is that good. Um, it's like really great. It's and it goes back and forth in time because this isn't really a spoiler. The first scene is them getting ready for the funeral for Clyde Bang. Mm-hmm. So you know, it happens. So it's not a. It's not necessarily a who done it, but how they did it. And like they and they keep on going back, and that structure is just so perfect. Um, and it just turns into something like, you know, where every episode has its own theme, its own actions, and it just turns into hilarity. I, I, this one, I really, I, it was such a hidden gem too. Cause every time I talk to someone about this and it's very few people, cause no one watches this show. I like, we all just love it. Sean, it, it, with you, I can tell like when it's, when you really love something <laughs> and this, that's clear that you really liked it. It's kind of how you were when you were telling me about reboot. Oh yeah. It was the same as reboot. Yes. <laughs> Oh, um, man. Need to license a song, a clip from a movie, or a podcast interview for your project? We can help. Musiclerk.com is your one-stop shop for licensing and clearance work. We have helped multiple filmmakers, podcasters, brands, and advertisers license the best content for their creative projects. Need a quote for a license to make sure it fits your budget? We've got you covered. Plus, we handle all the research and get pre-approval for your license. Check out our website, musiclerk.com. That's M-U-S-I-C-L-E-R-K.com. All right, before we dive into the news, Universal Pictures is co-financing a new film with Warner Brothers, a sequel to the 1996 hit film. What is it? 96 hit film, Independence Day... Other cow. I think that's the same one. Twister? It's going to be called. Guess what it's called? Well, please say it's Twisters. It's Twisters. Yes! (laughs) Um, Frank Marshall is producing, and what Deadline is reporting is that Steven Spielberg himself, quote, flipped for the script by the Revenant scribe Mark L. Smith, and his enthusiasm provided the impetus for the fast tracked film. Top Gun Maverick Helmer Joseph Kaczynski was going to direct. (laughs) but he oh. fell off the film when he committed to the Formula One racing movie with Brad Pitt. Oh. Among those in consideration for directing, the Oscar-winning free solo team of Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai, uh, Professor Helly, Dan Trachtenberg okay. from Prey, and I like that. I'm on board with that, <laughs> that one. That would be and great. Tra- and Travis Knight, uh, who I'm not too familiar oh, with. Yeah, uh, the name. Oh, the man. hope is to bring Helen Hunt back. With a drama that focuses on the daughter she had with a character played by the late Bill Paxton. Oh, I forgot Bill Paxton died, actually. Oh, my goodness. She has caught the storm-chasing bug her parents have. Or had. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of into this. Dude. Hunt will come wow. back for, like, a uh, like slight cameo, I bet. I bet they have, like, a they have an Iceman cameo for her. Um, Iceman uh, <laughs> 90s. Oh, my God. See, this is such a bummer, because, like, okay, so... Who could they bring back? I mean, it's going to be a whole new storm chasing team, but it's like Alan Ruck, Martin Mall. Um, <laughs> you, you can't bring it's back. It's going to be PSH. like it's going to be like the, this major storm is coming, and they're going to be like, we have to get the band back together. And Helen Hunt's going to be like, I know some people. <laughs> Gary Ellis <laughs> survived the crash, and he's coming back with that team. Yes. Oh my Ooh. god. Oh I'm my so god. I'm so, uh, this is. <laughs> And you, you made me so happy and then so sad when you talked about Joe Kaczynski. <laughs> I just, I just like, I, om- I almost erupted in like this, like complete elation. And it's like, nope. When I was just reading it a little bit, I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> so sad, so so sad. Oh my oh. god. Um, let's dive into the news that we have. Uh, the first is uh, a double dose of Marvel news here, uh, potentially a triple dose, if I can remember the outline appropriately. No, it's a double dose. Uh, the first one is confirmed now that Harrison Ford is going to step into the role uh, made famous by, made famous, or at least played by um, 
William Hurt in uh, a few Marvel movies, The Incredible Hulk, and he was in Black Widow as well, uh, which I completely forgot about. Uh, but he is going to play General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, beginning with the Captain America New World Order movie. Uh, so that's that's exciting casting, I think. I'm happy to see him in that role. It's unbelievable casting. I, I still can't believe it. It's great casting. I mean, he looks great in a stash, I bet. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he better wear a stash. He better have a stash. Um, I'm just so baffled by it where, <laughs> like, it just seems like, Harrison Ford has been doing this sort of world tour of like either killing off or retiring all his famous characters from the eighties in the sense that he's like, I don't want to do any more movies ever again. And now it's like, Nope, I'm going to be in Marvel where they'll own my soul for the next 20 movies. Forever. Especially when you're one of the guys that like, you know, granted it's probably a sweet gig where you like walk into a hallway and say, you, you, and you do this crime. And then, <laughs> that's all he's, that's pretty much it. So it's not like he's going to be a like like a huge mainstay, but he will have to be in like 20 movies, including The Thunderbolts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And he's not, he's uh, kind of up there. <laughs> in, well, I guess that's what age. they do now. They're just, you know, the William Hurt was pretty old too. And like, they're just like, you know, let's get someone very, very old. Um, not great job security, but you know what? I'm happy to see this. I'm very oh happy my God. to see this. It should have been Meryl Streep. Um, all right. The <laughs> other news goes back to uh, the persistent rumors that have been uh, arriving with every show that Marvel puts out. Um, but this is about Mephisto. And the huge rumor that's going around is that um, Mephisto is going to be played by Sasha Baron Cohen, also known as Borat and other stuff, of course, in the Ironheart series. Um, what I just read would actually make some makes a lot of sense with his introduction. Um, the insiders that are reporting this shit are saying that the hood who is going to be played by Anthony Ramos in uh, Ironheart will receive his magical powers from Mephisto after coming to a deal with him. Um, so it's kind of like a Thanos type introduction. It feels like I, 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 <laughs> I have trouble. Believe it. I no, I, I never will. I never will. It's just too impossible for me to think that something like this will happen. It is like, you know, someone made this point the other day where it's just like, you know, Mephisto, Mephisto is the fucking devil. Like, it's going to be tough to bring the devil into the MCU. It's not like, oh, he's a guy with evil power. He's the devil. We're going to go to hell to get Mephisto. And it's just, I, it's a, it's a tough one to fit into fun, goofy, kooky superheroes. And then we have the devil himself. I don't know. I mean, hey, it's a good casting if it's real. It's a listen. Fun, we have, have werewolves. We have, role. we have yes. vampires. We have all kinds of shit going on. We have werewolves in an old theater. We don't even know where the werewolves are coming from. <laughs> Let's move on to the next piece of information uh, that is out there, and this is that a Naked Gun reboot movie. Uh, is going to Paramount uh, with Liam Neeson in talks to star and the Lonely Islands Akiva Schaefer directing. Um, this is kind of fascinating to me. Um, the script is being written by Dan Greger and Doug Mann, who wrote the uh, the script for the Emmy-winning Chippendales Rescue Rangers movie. There it is. There it is. Um, apparently, <laughs> it's not greenlit yet, but they're waiting. They're waiting for what's his name to get on there uh, for Neeson to sign on. Um, but yeah, the Leslie Nielsen played this role forever. Um, very popular film. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously like my, my stance as well as the proper stance is 95% of all remakes suck and they're bad. And they don't, they're not needed. Like that's, that's just, that's, that's mathematics. Um, however, um, this is a brilliant casting to have Liam Neeson in here. Um, mainly because if, or, yeah, because Leslie Nielsen was a, a completely dramatic actor uh -huh. and he was put in airplane and they just said, Hey, just, you're playing your part dramatic. Don't, don't actually do any sort of comedy whatsoever. You play your part dramatic. And then he did that. And all of a sudden he's like, well, that's hilarious. So Liam Neeson doing that same thing of playing his part entirely dramatic could actually work. And there is a clip of um, Liam Neeson in some sort of Ricky Gervais show um, where, yeah. you know, he's doing some completely flat improv comedy 
Um, and it is the funniest stuff you'll ever imagine. And it's because he's Liam Neeson. It's because he's, he's such a, like, he's such a like stoic figure and he's just doing this dumb shit and <laughs> it, it works really well. So I could really see, um, I could really see this working in a naked gun thing. Once again, though, proper stance, 95% of, uh, remakes are terrible. I like that casting though. I feel that casting could actually go kind of far it's such a different role for him compared to like the you know cookie cutter movies that he's been in the past yeah. five years uh but i I'm, I'm interested in it um i just saw a tweet that was really funny that i wanted to share with you and i can't find it now and i'm pissed off because i was like giggling in my head about it um while we were talking about this so i'm going to continue to look for that while we talk about the next story we have um and that next story is uh, jonah hill um, <laughs> who is dealing with a lot of anxiety right now, so I totally get it, um, yeah. is in talks to play John Daly, um, <laughs> quote, quoted as the bad boy of golf uh, in a new <laughs> biopic. Um, it, he's a controversial figure in the sports world um, that uh, who will be the focus of this movie and cover the excesses, scandals, and athletic achievements of Daly throughout his career. Um this is the movie's going to be directed by Anthony Maris, who did Hotel Mumbai. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we have our clip. <laughs> oh my god! A completely natural reaction. <laughs> the director of Hotel Mumbai is doing a movie about John Dale. <laughs> Oh wow, Thoughts. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thoughts. Okay, uh, well, I I put this one on the outline just to get the behind the scenes thing because I was so damn excited on Saturday when uh, I found out about this because it's just like that's just such a perfect casting. John Daly, if you don't know, is just a very bulbous golfer who just got drunk on the course during all the PGAs and stuff like that. Um, would just his his uh, phrase was "grip it, rip it." And so, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And so he would just like freaking, like, you know, just chuck the ball. And it would work out for him when I do that. It hooks right to the trees, um, <laughs> but uh, literally. And I, I think that, like, someone like him, it's just a, such a fun story. I mean, we're, we're getting the uh, movie about Dennis Rodman going to Vegas for 72 hours uh, during, <laughs> during the Bulls finals. And so it's like, this will be like that kind of thing where it's going to be crazy. This guy, like he, his favorite restaurant is Hooters and he like just pretty much still goes. Oh to yeah. Nobody goes to Hooters and this guy still goes. And so like, I want Jonah Hill's method acting to be like, he has to like go to Hooters, like, you know, like every so often to just get ready, but he's just going to have like this sick mullet. It's, I mean, this could just be too much of a joke and be too much in on the joke where it doesn't work. But at the very least, the casting is awesome, so I'll have some fun. I just cannot believe this is the director of Hotel Mumbai. Has he done anything else since? If that's the one that they're referencing, and it's uh, four years ago, they're like, <laughs> "What's one that's very similar to <laughs> Hotel Mumbai?" We'll list that one on the article. Couldn't couldn't miss. That was his last movie. Oh no! And, that was a and, really long time ago. And it was his first movie. It's happening. I gotta find out about this guy more because this is not... he's made I'm gonna add to your laughing here. I found this tweet. Ryan Murphy productions are always written like how I would make my Barbies talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from at Jane Dashley on Twitter. <laughs> What is happening? Oh my god! Not even this kidding. Just... I just threw up a little. Not even kidding. I just threw up a little. I'm not even oh, kidding. Jesus. I'm not even kidding. I just threw up a little right into my head. Um, why did that? Hey, can happen? I stay at your place for a weekend? <laughs> oh my why god. did that happen? I, don't, I just I just laughed so hard that I that I coughed. I think I threw. How it started, how it's going. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is too long oh for the Oh, my God. Um, we'll make it work. 
Uh, final story. This is just an no. interesting one to me because this GameStop shit will not go away. Oh, yeah. um, this is a, a new movie called Dumb Money, and it's going to star Anthony Ramos, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Dane DeHaan, um, which I think is really good casting, actually. They're all really great. But they're the latest additions because Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Sebastian Stan, and Pete Davidson are in this with Craig Gillespie directing. Um, and it's based on the book The Antisocial Network, which tells the story of uh that crazy time um what was it two years ago at this point where the GameStop yeah. GameStop stock was like through the roof and um you know there's a lot of details into like what that all meant that I had to read 84,000 times but um yeah it's that's kind of fascinating that's a big cast it's like just seeing I was like oh these three people are great it's kind of cool that these people are... and then I read the rest of the cast and I could not believe it I mean Paul Tano, Seth Rogen, Sebastian Stan, Pete Davidson the Craig Gillespie thing is interesting because now we know exactly what this movie is going to be some like goofy off-putting comedy you know it could be fine it could be crap I'm, I got a bad taste in my mouth about Greg Gillespie or because I just threw up and it's because uh Greg Gillespie Greg Gillespie excuse me just did that uh miniseries mike and i had issues and so like i just at this point i hopefully this won't go too zany because i just want this to be like sure make it fun make it light if you want to make it serious if you want to but too (laughs) zany can just get a little bit annoying like you know gillespie kind of goes the same way as mckay and it's just like please just enough of that like you know meet in the middle somewhere yeah uh I, I don't have any comments on that. <laughs> he just goes, he does weird movies. Like he's not yeah. consistent with the type of movies that he does. Um, so I, I'm whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, let's get into rents and raves. Um, and mine is about movie theater food. Look, I may not be the healthiest individual when it comes to eating, but I see a lot of fucking movies in the theaters. Okay. And a lot of times I don't have time to eat dinner after work and then go into the theater. And by the time I get out of the theater, I don't want to eat food at 930 at night, 10 o'clock when I get home uh, because I'm told that that's bad for you. Uh, but like everything in the theater is fried and shit. Every like it's all like you can get a spicy chicken sandwich. You can get uh, a chicken finger thing with fries. You can get a sampler pat- platter of like mozzarella sticks and shit. Um, like all this stuff, which while I love that type of food, I would like some variety and some options. I did have a very delicious pizza during Halloween ends, um, which kind of defeats the purpose of me talking about health foods. But it would be nice to have options in there because you're not allowing me to bring in my own stuff. Now, did I bring in stir fry to uh, a movie a couple weeks ago? You're damn right I did. I had that shit in my shirt. Uh, I had a... Uh, you know the the chopsticks are ready to go it was delicious um and people were looking at me like where'd you get that um so that was really fascinating but at the very end of the day if you're gonna have this food please also make sure you fucking have it because when i finally decide what 15 dollar movie you know food menu item i'm going to uh to get i get up there and i say i'll have the spicy chicken sandwich and you all say oh sorry we don't have that right now or the fryer's broken or oh blah blah blah. and then i say okay give me one of those gelatinous hot dogs and what do you do instead what do you tell me "Mm, they're not ready yet so what the fuck are we doing here i need food (laughs) give me food uh, and also, I would like food that doesn't put me to sleep. That fried food puts me to sleep, ultimately. And if you want me to enjoy the movie, um, you're going to have to give me some options. Now, AMC Theaters, in their dine-in, they do have a really delicious Cobb salad that is like 4,000 calories. Um, but I feel better because it's a salad, right? So I took that and made that move. Um, but I would just like movie theater food to be a little bit more representative of the people that want to come into the theater because I think people would like those healthier options. I don't know. The people that are represented the people that want to come into the theater probably want the gelatinous hot dogs and chicken fingers. <laughs> like, if, as as a gentleman who sees... Like, no, it's not. I, I got chicken dog. fingers before uh, Don't Worry Darling. And uh, they were just like, oh, yeah, no problem. And they put them on there stuff like that. It took like 15 minutes for them to come out. Like It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it takes yeah. forever. Um, I don't know. Sean hit it. All right, so um, this was going to be something I put on my what I watched, but instead I'm putting this on my rave because uh, I watched, I've seen already the F.W. Murnau 1920 Nosferatu, um, and I just watched the 1978 uh, Werner Herzog Nosferatu. 
amazing adaptation, amazing remake, still very well. And so my rave and possibly my rant is just going to be, Eggers is going to eat so much. Eggers is going to have so much fun with this to the point where my expectations are going to absolutely not be able to be met. And I will destroy this movie. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so scared of like, because it's just like, at this point, it's like, I'm, I'm watching this movie because the original is like fun. It's a classic. It's amazing. It's like sinister and something like that. But this one is like the first time where like you see like the period piece parts of it. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, e Eggers is just going to have so much fun. He's going to have so much fun with this. I cannot wait. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I'm excited for Eggers to get in there, especially we talked about this before, but if he is that excited about like that project and seeing what he does with the other stuff that he's done. Ugh. Um, Twitter's really fun tonight, so you need to figure out your password uh, oh, yeah. so that you can get, <laughs> get back on it because this is what someone just tweeted. You're going to make me throw up again. <laughs> you know, I, so, I wish that to make it even better, you could put a Boston cap on her because then it's like, Mar. yeah, that's true. Mar. Yeah. So taking the, the tar uh, tar type typography um, and putting Ma in there with Octavia Spencer. This is a, I love that movie. I see. I never saw it. I don't know why. I just it was one of those ones that flew by me, and then that was it. But uh, Sean, put it in rotation so you can see it before the end of next year. I think it's in my rotation at HBO Max. Is it HBO Max? I think trying to look up where it's streaming. I think I put it, in uh, it says Hulu. Hulu. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, uh, Hulu. <laughs> what do you watch movies on Hulu? Get out of here. It's a Universal movie, so it's probably on Peacock. Oh, that would make sense. Um, my we were texting. Uh, my friends and I were texting. Go birds and stuff this weekend. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, you've had a time. Yeah, it's been a really good weekend for Philly sports. Like even the Flyers in hockey, who are supposed to be really shitty, won their first two games. Granted, not like the greatest teams they played against, but we're all like, yeah. And it's the first two games. I do it's love the first two games them in the mix too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know they're like throwing them in at the end, but uh. Yeah, kind of crazy. All right, Sean, into your rotation goes a lot of new things this weekend. Black Adam hits theaters. The Good Nurse hits limited theaters. The Stranger hits Netflix. VHS 99 hits Shudder. I can't believe that series is still going. Hmm. Um, Ticket to Paradise hits theaters. My Policeman hits limited theaters. Raymond and Ray hits Apple TV+. Plus. I really want to see that one. Um, the Banshees of Inishirin. I, I'm, well, I, I'm going to butcher that forever in a sheeran hits limited theaters i see that on wednesday that's the opening film for the film festival oh yeah you get to see that oh man uh, and then the glass on you like <laughs> the school for good and evil hits netflix we should share with people sean's coming yes. down to the philadelphia area we're hitting uh the philadelphia film festival this weekend um when when you're in town what do we have on on tap so far well, so we have Two, there's two on Friday. We have Glass Onion and then some scary movie that you want me to see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sick. Sick is from Kevin Williamson. Um, Who did... Scream you, you told movies. me. I can't remember. Oh, Scream yeah. Scream. And the show The Following. Oh, Remember cool. the, with Kevin Bacon? He wrote oh, that, yeah. too. So we have Glass Onion and then Sick. And then the next day is Decision to Leave, which I don't know much about, but is getting a lot of praise. Yeah, that's a good um, one. And I forget who is in that. Uh, well, the director is Park Chan Wok, who who did the handmaid, oh, right. and he's big. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, we got the whale that night. Yeah, baby. Uh, which I'm excited. And then, depending on what time you leave uh, the next day, there's blood relatives at 12:15, white noise at 2:30. That's the one that I feel like you're gonna like struggle with. Do I stay or do I not? God, that's gonna be really tough. <laughs> and then I'm seeing women talking and close and close. Um, I have decision to leave twice in my calendar because <laughs> uh, they have multiple times for certain ones. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped. The film festival is so exciting, so much fun, and I'm glad that you're coming down for it. We're gonna have a good time. It's great. It's my, this I is truly my first film festival. Like so, I nice. uh, I, I did a, I think I did a thing at one film festival, but uh, this is one where they're like showing like you know like wide release movies. So I'm, I'm yeah. very very excited for that. Yeah, it should be uh, it should be a good time. They have a really good lineup this year, and they do a good job with it. Um, it is, I mean, anyone that's been to these knows that they're like marathons. I have, I always build like big schedules, and then I have like my lower tier. Like, if I need to miss one, what what can I miss? 
<laughs> Makes sense. Oh man, Sean, anything exciting on your end? Nothing exciting on my end for the rest of the week. Oh yeah, we have a full week now going on. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I, I, I should have thought of something catchy and fun to say, but uh, someone in the no, someone just... in the comments just said when you two meet up, it's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we met up, I got married. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. Last time you, so, you got married. Quite iconic. <laughs> the time before that, we watched Pig Hungover. <laughs> that was a mistake. While eating bacon, egg, and cheeses. It's like, oh, no. After, yeah, after singing, uh, uh, what the hell? Yeah, I almost said West Side Story. Um, in the Heights, on the way to and from the bar, and at all other times, too. Uh, yes. So it should be fun. But uh, other than that, Everyone have a fantastic week. Uh, keep an eye on this uh, DC news because there's a lot of talk. That there's more news dropping soon. Apparently, every um, movie ever is going to get released. Except Batgirl. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll end there. Bye. The Guy at the Movies podcast is a joint venture between Math Teacher Movies and Guy at the Movies. You can catch new episodes weekly right here wherever you're listening to this one. Subscribe so you never miss a beat.